Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and in this episode I'm talking to composer Jordan Gagne. Jordan is co-composer on the second season of the brilliant Netflix series Altered Carbon. He works very closely alongside the brilliant Jeff Russo who we've interviewed many many times before. Jordan has worked with Jeff for many many years. Along with Altered Carbon he works on ABC's The Rookie. Uh, he works on the series Trentstone, which is the Jason Bourne franchise series, which you can see on Amazon Prime in the UK. He scored the uh, sadly only one season show, The Passenger, which was brilliant. Uh, he scored Waco, the mini series as well, and has helped Jeff out. Jeff's the main composer, obviously, on um, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discoveries. Helped Jeff out a bit on a few bits of that as well. So we talk about all those shows in the interview. He's also the end of last year released his third instrumental album called string theory so we talk a little bit about that it was lovely to be able to sit down and talk with jordan we actually did this at his house in uh, la this was uh, during a period where my voice was giving out on me so uh, i'm a little bit croaky i'm sorry about that in the episode you will hear my quite croaky voice in the background but uh, it was a great interview it was lovely to chat with him here's the interview with jordan garnier <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lovely to be able to sit and chat with you, even though as you can tell I've not got much of a voice at the moment, but uh, I'm very happy to be able to sit and uh, have a conversation with you. Do you just want to um, start by introducing yourself and um, give a little bit of background about how you got into the okay. music industry in the first place? For sure. Yeah. So my name is Jordan Gagne. I've always been, I'm like one of the, one of many, there's like a million composers who heard John Williams and like that was the thing that, yeah. that, that started off. Do you mean so like I'm no way unique with that? That was kind of like what got me interested. So I went to school for music, did the film scoring degree, kind of like went that whole track. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Trying to, trying to do it. And then when I moved out here, I got hooked up with Jeff mm-hmm. and I've been working with him for seven years at this point. And that's just kind of snowballed or whatever. And then that's how we ended up doing this show together. 
Yeah, so the, the main show you've been working on, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things, but Altered Carbon is the, the yeah. big one, which is coming back for the second season. Um, and it's phenomenal, phenomenal show. I, be, I just, I mean, it's very much my wheelhouse anyway, because it's sci-fi and sure, me too. stuff. Uh, and I actually interviewed Richard Morgan as well, the writer of the very cool. novel. I interviewed him about a month before the show got announced on Netflix, and he was really cagey about sort of, oh, well, yeah, we have been talking to people, but you know, right. I couldn't actually say anything, but obviously the deal had been signed at that point. So yeah, so I've got some history with the, the, the whole show. So you started working on that with Jeff uh, in season one. Is that carried on with the same sort of split now, or are you doing more of it? Because I know Jeff's, I mean, Jeff's the guy behind Star Trek Discovery and all those sort of things. And Right. So. Well, so I, I was brought on to the second season as a co-composer. Yeah. And with that, we had to, you know, it's like, if we, if we start talking about the, the show itself, right? It obviously, it, obviously, it obviously has this thing where, like, we have different actors playing the same character. Yeah. And so you have to, like, you have to ground, you have to keep that grounded. Score is a really easy way to do that, where if we have the same music, all of a sudden you have Anthony Mackie playing yeah. Kovach, but with the music the same, all of a sudden you, you kind of start associating this, okay, so this is the same, this is the same person. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? And that was something that was, like, really key, so we had to, like, be deferential to the first season's music, you know what I mean? You have to, like, keep that, especially in the first episode. The first episode, we got to be, like, really religious about making it sound consistent, you know? Then obviously, in, like, you want to still do new stuff, so that gets, like, parcel dead, but we, that, was, that was something that we had to, like, be really mindful of, is, like, not, not to do too much too soon, you know what I mean? Because then, then it'll feel like a different show. So it's like yeah. we, we start the first, the first um, episode and we've got to like build on it, you know? Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how this plays out because, as you say, you've got a different lead actor in there and you've got different locations as well. Have you put in any Japanese influence? Because Harlem's World is, is quite a big thing in this chapter, Right, so. yeah. So we have... There is a, there's a slight Japanese component in it. I wouldn't say it's like a it's it's the main thing, especially because his background. Obviously, he has like a, it's like a Serbian parent and a Japanese parent or whatever. But it, we didn't want to comment too much on like mm. this is you know, like it, like making it an ethnic score. Yeah. Um, so we have some taikos in there for like big action moments or whatever. Although you know a, a lot of scores do at this point, I suppose. So it, it wasn't really in in trying to like infuse a Japanese element. It just it just kind of felt felt right for that. Yeah. What was the most sort of challenging thing coming to this this score now, having, you know, working with Jeff, which you've worked with for a very, very long time as well, and then you're coming in as a sort of current composer for the second season. What's the most challenging thing approaching that? Um, I would say, so it's like, we've worked together for so long that we have a, we have a really good shorthand. And, and it can just be something as simple as like, hey, check out this piece of music. What do you think? You know, in either direction. And it's just like, no, I don't like that. I like this kind of thing. So I don't know if it was necessarily a challenge because we've, we've worked that way a lot before. I think we just had to be be aware of what parts we were taking from season one, what parts we weren't. There's new characters. So like, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stuff that's it's totally new in the, in the second season. We have the kind of like Kells theme, it's called, it's called a track called The Next Screen. And that is like, that's our home base. We go back to that all the time because that's, to me, that's like what grounds the show. What, what makes these people the same people that they were in the first season? So you're writing character themes. You mentioned Kells theme there. You're, you are actually writing themes attached to characters or location or is it sort of a Ab Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I don't think there's ever any like hard rules with when you... You know, it's not like you need every single character to have a theme. But if you if you see that some that you're going to get a lot of mileage out. So there's another there's a new character called Dig, right? right? And this is now now there's a second AI character. So now that's some something for like Poe to bounce off of. 
And so you, you kind of see that early and you're like, okay, this is going to be like a big part of the season. We should have something here. But you wouldn't necessarily have it where, so for characters in the first season, like Ortega's on screen, we play Ortega's, because yeah. you don't always just do that. You know what I mean? you got to find like if it's going to be meaningful long-term and if having some music for this character says something different that the rest of the score doesn't. And so I think that's the way I try to approach theme stuff is like if we have Dig Steve, it's going to sound, hopefully it'll sound different than everything else we're doing. The same with Poe. And Kovach, he doesn't really have a theme necessarily because it's he's he's the show. So you have the whole show that kind of fills in for him. Yeah. And so it's just it's just about like pick, to me, it's just about picking your spots. I, I think it would be a little bit tiresome if like if you had 10 characters and 10 themes and every time they come on screen, it's just, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and you just play because that doesn't say anything. All that's saying is that that person's on screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you tend to take some of those themes and if you are mixing them together or you're, you're writing music specifically for that, are you sort of switching instruments out? And so you're taking sort of certain themes and maybe moving them on to different instruments? To yeah. I, out of it. So, so the way I approach it is that the, 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 the DNA of the theme that's important is not usually the instrument that it's on or yeah. the, the setting of it. It's more about like the bones, the, the like melodic, I guess in like a musical sense, it would be the, the notes, the pitches, the chords. That's like the, the pillars of the theme, right? And so while you can get a different character, if you play it on a different, like you play it on strings, you play it on choir, you play it on piano or whatever, it'll, it'll sound different, but you want the, you want the thing to be consistent. Otherwise, it's not really a theme. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, um, the presentation of the theme in terms of like instruments, that can change all the time. And I think that's what, that's what makes it fun to do. You know what I mean? Is you have your, your pillars of what this piece of music is. And every time you, you are, go back to that well, you can be like, okay, what am I going to do differently with this? Do I need to do anything differently with it? What am I going to do to make this more interesting for, for what's happening right now? Mm, yeah. Speaking of instruments and stuff, I noticed you've got a few bits and pieces in the, the room right at the moment with like a, a harp and piano sure, and yeah. and stuff. Do you tend to seek out like stranger instruments to get sounds out of and uh, other bits? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is something a lot of people do. And I totally am guilty of also doing that where it's like, oh man, that instrument looks so cool. Like I need to, and what I've, I've realized is that so much of the time, then you try to play it and you're like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I need like, I need a life, you yeah. know what I mean? A life of, uh, of trying to learn this to make it sound good. So I have done the, the kind of like collector's thing. And after a certain point, I just realized like, you know what, let's like leave this in the, in the hands of the professionals. So I have, I have a couple of instruments that I'm comfortable doing on like a professional level. Yeah. And at the other ones, I'm just like, so like I play cello, not that great at it. So that's not making it in, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not making it into the scores. I'll get a real cellist. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, along with Alton Carbon, you've, you, there's other shows you've been working on, uh, The Rookie. Sure. Um, yeah. Which yeah, I love that show. I would not watch Nathan Fillion in anything. Oh, so, yeah, you know. yeah, totally. So when it comes to working on something like The Rookie, which on the surface is a sort of, you know, ABC procedural. Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you approach the music for something like that and, and make it stand out and be different from the million other procedures? Right. Like that? So, so that, that was like the key question, right? So Alexi Holly, he's the showrunner of The Rookie. Mm. He's way more visionary than I think you would need to be on a on a, like a, like you said, an ABC top yeah, procedural. Yeah. So he's like, he really wants to push the bar. Everything needs to be better than, you know, the other show, better than more interesting, more unique. It's all, it's all about this kind of stuff. So the sound of the rookie, it's like, they use all these kind of songs, all needle drops from everything. It's like really, but really modern and like kind of fresh sounding. So if you have that and then you go back to like a really lame kind of score, that's just, you know, like a, like a band score, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's kind of like the go-to, right? So if you have like really cool songs and you go to the score that sounds kind of lame, it's like, oh, this, this yeah. drops off. You know, so the, the idea behind the score of the rookie is always like it needs to be modern. It needs to be it needs to 
totally seamlessly interact with like top 40 music. Right. So that was the idea. And it's it, the score is kind of like a playlist. We have all this different, it, it doesn't really commit to any particular genre. We do a lot of like trap and EDM and there's, there is rock music too. There's, there's everything. And it's just, it just, it's, it's like a playlist vibe, just like the, the music used in the show or like the, the songs used yeah, in the show. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that series. There's a few procedurals that I kind of watch and sure. you know, there's, there's only one or two that really stand out and that's one of them that I always go to. Um, you did Treston as well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that I finished quite recently because it runs on Amazon in the UK. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, the, so that's all up on that. And that was a really interesting series. And it follows, it's obviously based on the idea of Jason Bourne. Did you look back at any of the movies? To Absolutely. That? Yeah, so that that's like, this is the thing is that the John Powell score for the first Bourne movie is like iconic. Mm. It, it kind of set the tone for like 15 years of music after yeah. that, at least in terms of like what was tamped everywhere. And that kind of made what an action like a action thriller sounds like it's him. Yeah. So you can't just like come in and be like, ah, whatever, John, I'm just going to do like my own thing. It, we wanted to be like respectful of what he was doing. Cause we're obviously operating in the same world, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you do want to do something different. If you just wanted to do the same score, they would, well, I don't know. They would try to get him or something. You know what I mean? So we, and they should, they should got him if they want the exact yeah. same score. So we took some elements. We wanted to like, I had a pretty good, uh, recollection of like what made that score like the, the bones of it so we took some of the, we took some of that but there's also this thing where like you know there's the two timelines in treadstone which is new for that that series and it's like in you know uh western or east germany 1970s kind of thing so we the first thing we were talking about was like craft work like this kind of grungy synth stuff and which is totally alien to the born franchise right mm. so that was that was like a thing of like okay well we can steal that you know that's interesting and that that'll like make it different the born theme that john wrote is like it's Usually when people think about it, they think of like this like bassoon opening. Yeah. And so that was something that we're like, okay, we're, we're going to like tip our hats to that. You know what I mean? We want to have some like high bassoon lines, which is not like a very used instrument. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people yeah, think yeah. it's like kind of a clowny instrument. Mm. So he kind of redefined it. And then we wanted to do, actually what we, what we were doing was not redefining it at all. It was just pointing back to that yeah, yeah, as yeah, like yeah. a component. And I think that was, that was fun. So we have like this weird, like craftwork synth thing, bassoon, you know, like action music. It's just, it's just different, you know? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about that show is, that, is the fact that you are, you know, some of it set modern-day America, then you've got bits of it that, mm -hmm. like you say, set in, you know, 17 Germany and Russia, right. and, and then you've got North Korea in there as well, so, I mean, you're jumping all over the place into yes. what's on screen, so, musically, I guess that gives you a lot of different options to... Yeah, you, there's always the potential, if you're going to be, like, globe-hopping, of, like, okay, so we'll go to Kenya, and it'll sound kind of Kenyan or whatever. And that was something we, we realized, that with how many places it's going to be, it's going to sound schizophrenic. If, yeah. if every time you go somewhere, it's, you know, you break up the, like, local instrument. So we totally didn't do that. It was just, like, we have our sound of, like, you know, sometimes you, like, widen the scope to cover all your bases, and sometimes you narrow it. And Treadstone was definitely, like, we're going we're gonna to narrow down and to try to keep, there's so many characters, you can't, you can't, hop all over the place without something being consistent. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. The Passage was another show you worked on as well, which was... That's true, um, yeah. And that was a great series that was, unfortunately... I know, I'm so really sad about it, place. yeah. You're like, you can't stop there. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of more of a, of a horror feel to it because you're dealing with these sort of vampire, zombie-ish yes. sort of things. So how was it getting to deal in that sort of... Genre. Right. Okay. So I need to refresh my memory. But so like, it, I think it, this, it was the cell, um, the cell block is called like 4B. I, forget, I think it yeah, was that. Yeah. So like when we go underground, that's where they house all the like experiment stuff. So it, the whole score, we wanted it to feel like an underground vibe. So it's like, it feels like there's no 
sky. Everything is, all the synths are like filtered, they're kind of like cut off so like you don't hear the, the high-end resonance. This is a fancy way of saying we have like built low pass yeah, filters yeah. on stuff, you know, but, but really it was about that. It was like, they're in these kind of like underground subterranean, really cold, dead cell blocks. And so when we're in there, that's what the score should be. You know, it should, it should match that. Sometimes you, you want to do the opposite of what you're seeing and, and you'll know right away if you try that, it doesn't work. And it's like, okay. So in, in other cases, you just do what works with what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Worked on some really kind of interesting and different stuff. Uh, you've got um, uh, instrumental album up as well. I do, yeah. Uh, String theories, which I, I'm amazed you managed to find the time because most composers <laughs> that I do are just like you. No know. thanks. So um, that's uh, that's awesome. That came out September last year. Um, do you sort of like to have that as as a sort of secondary? Absolutely, thing yeah. That's like I probably shouldn't say this, but that's like one of the most important things to me <laughs> is kind of. When you're doing underscore for a, t- a TV series or a movie or something like that, you're deferential to what's happening on the screen at all times. And, and some people might say that's a limitation. Other, people's, uh, other people might say it's like a kind of inspires the creativity because you have something to relate it to. Yeah. But in any case, there is that component where it's like you're not really the boss because the boss is, is the picture. Mm. So for me, it's really important to have just something on the side where I'm the boss. I get to yeah. do whatever I want and no one gets to give me notes and say, oh, it's feeling a too, little too sad here or too, you know. And that way I can, you can kind of have that outlet of creativity. And that was, we did that in, um, in your stomping grounds. We did that in London, that album. Yeah. So that'd be right. Oh, nice. Nice. Good place to record it. Yes. What would you say is, I know this can be a bit like sort of picking who's your favorite child, but what would you say is the favorite thing that you've, worked on out of, out of your brain. as a show or as a score as a like um, a, um let's, let's say as a, as a score okay i should probably answer that one <laughs> yeah as a score um it's alter carbon to me yeah. and, and that kind of it's like what you're saying of how it's right up your alley with like it's sci-fi it's big it's expansive there's no limits mm. you know i would say i was gonna say there's no rules but there is rules yeah and i think that's what makes sci-fi good is if there is rules that the story yeah. abides by so there is that in that, but, but musically you can do anything. And when we were approaching Alter Carbon, it's like, as with many sci-fi things, there's like two poles that you have to bounce between, right? Or, or you have to be aware of. Yeah. So there's like super traditional orchestral music that is like purely orchestral. And that's like the sci-fi music of, let's say like 1970 to 1990. And then there's the super synthetic, totally, you know, future, quote unquote, futuristic, hardcore synth. And that was maybe a little, like a reaction to that. They went all the way the other way. So anyway, those are so established. If people point to like a sci-fi score, it's probably going to be one of those. Yeah. Two. When we're coming into it in you know 2018 or 2020 now, those are the you, you have to be aware of those. So if we did one or the other, it would just be derivative of the other one. Yeah. And if we did right down the middle, that's all. That's what everyone's been doing because it's a reaction to this this kind of status quo. So we had we kind of had to to walk this line, and that that is ultra carbon. It has both elements. But if you just have both elements, you're right in the middle. It's not that interesting. So we wanted to take an extra element or other elements and just kind of have like a different recipe for what this score is. And that's kind of where the choir component came in. Right. So it's like, I don't know of a score, maybe there is one, that has the orchestra. It has the like analog synths. Now there's like people singing on top of it, you know, and there's like solo voice. It's like that kind of, for me, kind of piques my interest of like, oh, now... Now it's something unique, you know, now there's something new to it. And that was, that was kind of like where most of the, the genesis of all the ideas for Alter Carbon come, just from that. And so I think for that reason, it's like when you create a, like a palette for a score that you feel like is unique and good, this is only Alter Carbon now. I, it, it doesn't remind me of anything else. Yeah. I think that's what 
for me, it makes me most proud. So I think that would be why that's my favorite yeah. favorite score that I've worked on. <clears throat> I mean, one of the other things as well, working with Jeff, you've got to play around a little bit in the Star Trek universe as well sure. with Discovery and Picard. Um, how is it getting to play around with sort of iconic themes and bits and pieces and add your own stuff into something? Like right. That? So I should clarify that I'm, I've done some additional music on those shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yes, it's, it is very much Jeff's show, but I know you've done... Yeah, so I, I have contributed bits and pieces to that world. And yeah, of course, you get to use like the Alexander Courage theme. That is like, it, it's just really fun to have this like wealth of things to pull from. You, you never have to get writer's block because there's always these things yes. there's always it's like hmm, I don't know what to do here uh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh wow that works that's awesome yeah yeah I love Jeff's work on that and, and you know I, and, and I think he, he's done such a phenomenal job with those shows and, and you know working alongside him is just great You've been working on uh, Alter Carbon. You've you've got the rookie going. Um, have you got anything else coming up that you can yeah. talk about? So, so me, me and Jeff were doing another show. It's called Brave New World. It's, oh yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, Aldous yeah. Huxley novel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It looks really interesting. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. That looks like it's it's, it's going to be really fascinating because it's a sort of new take on the. I can't remember what the cast are, but I, I remember looking. At yeah, it. it's really it's like Jessica Finley from Down Abbey. Yes. Um, Harry Lloyd, he... That's it, yes. Yeah, he's he was in, like, Game of Thrones in the first season. He, yeah, he's done stuff. He's done, yes. Um, stuff. It's really cool. It's really ambitious. It's not a totally kind of, like, paint-by-numbers version of the book. They take... Ins- some things are, are pretty similar, and others they've taken, like, inspiration. They've kind of retuned it for 2020, and it's, like, a really ex- um, ambitious thing, I think. I think yeah. it's going to be on Peacock. Right, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping we're going to get that because now NBC own Sky, yeah. or Sky and they're all over my Who knows how it's going to go. I hope it gets to you. Get to the UK anyway. yeah. So that's really good. I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, in terms of the uh, last couple of questions that ask everybody, uh, they're always TV related. So the first one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh, man, okay. Well, so we already had a brief conversation about The Outsider. Yes. That's my number one right now, for yeah. sure. Let's see. Really sad Game of Thrones is gone. So that was that was previously occupying the number yeah. one spot. I think that's kind of my weekly appointment right now is The Outsider. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to... Oh, I, I love Watchmen. That was one that I'm... So that was a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal series. I'm kind of a sucker for the, like, Sunday night HBO show. Yeah. You know, they kind of got me. I'm like a captive audience for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know the sort of things you mean. They're, they're just doing some amazing stuff. I mean, we, I did a weekly podcast on Watchmen. Um, oh, really? Episode, okay. So by episode thing, and I just blown away by his work on that. Daniel Lintoff did. Yeah, such, he's such a legend. He's such a clever <laughs> job. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, not one you've worked on already. Okay. So easy. Which easy show would it be? So it would be Lost or Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are like my pantheon, you know, level shows. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could like, the thing is the Giacchino score for Lost is so good. Yeah. So I'm not even saying I could, do, I'm not saying I could do better actually. <laughs> I would probably do worse. But that was really good. And Game of Thrones, I mean, oh my god, there's so much so much canvas for score in every episode. I'm very jealous yeah. of that one. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't mean, Ruben does a phenomenal job on yeah. that. Ruben does on everything. But, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, they are supposed to be making more Game of Thrones shows. You never know if you can pry it away from it. <laughs> yeah, if, I'm sure <laughs> at some point in my life, if I ever get to score a Game of Thrones thing, that would be like the dream. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Oh, good luck. Hopefully. I hope so. I hope it happens, yeah. But yeah, I'm uh, very much looking forward to Alton Coventry to do so. Uh, good luck with all that. I, I'm sure it will be absolutely phenomenal when it comes out. And I, I'm really looking forward to Brave New World. I think and the fact that it's got you guys on it, I, I think, really speaks to where they're going with it. So, you know. Cool, thank you. Looking forward to that. But it's been lovely chatting with you. Hopefully, we'll get to talk again. Sometime. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem. being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you